we've been looking at this. This is our third week now. We looked at uh, one-on-one with Jesus related to uh, giving and generosity. Uh, many of you uh, even became new tithers uh, through that. We looked at one-on-one with Jesus related to guidance. Uh, and today, I want to, us to think about one-on-one with Jesus, my future. It's uh, maybe just an additional step beyond uh, a focus on guidance. So I was thinking about how our society, how we view uh, our future. Uh, you know, there's a lot of ways I, I, I was thinking this week. I kind of did some research on this and was thinking about how do people try to know their future? Now, maybe if we were having an open conversation, you might come up with some. Uh, I had a little list here uh, like um, palm reading. Guess I, I guess that's a th- that's a thing. Um, tarot cards. Um, some people love to read their horoscope according to whatever their sign might be. I guess they're, they're looking for guidance or something from that for that day. Astrology, um, you know, predictions of the future like crystal ball gazers, um, clairvoyance, dream interpreters, stargazers, Extrasensory perception, ESP. Um, I, I even noticed that there are a multitude of future quizzes out there. No doubt. You take a little quiz and it gives you some direction uh, about your future. Not really, of course. Um, fortune telling, numerology, even, even tea leaves, right? Somebody believes in that stuff. Uh, and I'm not being derogatory toward those, those people. I'm just uh, wanting us to recognize that, uh, that God has a future in mind for us. Uh, and I'm not going to find it in any of those ways or maybe some others that our culture uh, would, would focus on. You know, we should be interested in our future, right? We should be interested in it, but we have to find the right source of guidance and direction for us. Um, So we should be interested in our future. Why should we be concerned about that? Um, Well, several reasons. First of all, um, you know, the rest of your life is your future. The rest of your life, at least your earthly life, we believe there's future beyond this life, but your future is not in the past. You know, yesterday's not your future. From the rest of this day on is your future. So you should be interested uh, in that. We also know that we have no idea what the future is going to be. One of the most common ways that people love to try to tell us about the future is predicting the weather. <laughs> right? You know, we, we would struggle with that, don't we? Uh, trying to figure it out. Like we were, uh, we were talking this morning, trying to figure out, well, what do we need to do? What's the weather going to be? What's going to happen uh, in our parking lot and all that stuff? You know, and, um, you know, I look at it and it says at 8.04, there's going to be ice. Well, I walked out at 8.04, and at least here, there was no ice. Um, you know, so you kind of have to figure, figure all that out. So we are interested in the future, and, and that makes my final point about this issue is we should be concerned because the future is our life ahead of us. Uh, we have no idea what's going on, and we certainly can't control it, right? We try, but we can't control it. So 
I should definitely be interested uh, in my future, but we believe from the scripture and as Christians that we should notice what God has to say about the future because none of us know what's going to happen this afternoon or tomorrow, much less next year. We certainly can't control it. One of the ways that we love to try to control the future is worry. Don't raise your hand, but you might be a worrier in here today. Uh, even if you wouldn't consider yourself, you probably do it and just don't, don't let it be seen as much. We all worry, don't we? Uh, we worry about things in the future and people, and especially when things begin to mount up. But worry is basically worthless. It really doesn't change or do uh, anything. So we're thinking about um, our, this, this conversation that we could have with, with Christ. Now, before we, we kind of hear what, what he has to say, uh, you know, I have this chair sitting here to remind you that he's here. He's here. He's been here all day. He's with us every time we gather together. He's present here. He knows what you're thinking. He knows what's happening in your heart, and he knows your future. So some, some facts that we can kind of build our foundation on. Maybe you say, well, I know all these things, but here's some facts. Number one, God knows everything about my future. Uh, it's on your outline there. Uh, if you didn't pull that out yet, I hope you will. A lot of great scripture and some blanks that you can fill in. Number one, God knows everything about my future. He knows the beginning, the end. That is called the omniscience of God. It's God knows everything. There's nothing that God doesn't know. And like in a practical sense, that means that God is never surprised. You get surprised, but he doesn't. He never says, wow, I didn't see that coming. Oh, we just blow me over with a feather. You know, he never says, are you kidding me? Uh, None of that ever comes from God. God knows uh, everything about us. He knows our future. Um, he, he knows what is happening in our life. And the reason that seems, that's hard to grasp sometimes, but the reason is that God is timeless. God is not limited by time. You know, our planet revolves around uh, every 24 hours, uh, goes around the sun every 365 days. You know, if you are, if you are on a different planet, your time would be different. It wouldn't be the same. Uh, it's because of where we live. And so, but God is timeless. God is, is timeless. God knows our, about, about our past, our present, our future. Uh, he, is, uh, he is with us because he is timeless. It's sort of like I don't know, let's say the Macy's Day Parade. I've never been to that parade, but, you know, if you went to New York and the Macy's Parade um, and you're on the ground and you got these special seats right in front of the Macy's store there, do you know your, your view of that parade is limited to where you're sitting? You, you can't see the beginning and you can't see the end. You can't see other parts. You can only see, and that's pretty much the way our lives are, isn't it? That we see kind of what is in front of us. But if we were in the blimp, if we were up in a, 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 a up high, in a, having a different perspective, that wouldn't be a problem. You know, if you were in the blimp, you could see the parade's beginning and the ending and all in between. You know, God is high and lifted up. Amen. God can see everything. He sees all that is happening. Um, and so we come to a verse 
Like Hebrews 4.3 that says, um, nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before his eyes. You know, there are no secrets with God. Now, you might think you have a few secrets. You might have, have something that you think you're covering up today. Not with God. God knows everything that's happening. God knows every secret that we have because he knows everything about my future. Uh, the verse from Psalm 139 says, you saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment we laid out before a single day had passed. Boy, that's stunning, isn't it? That's quite a scripture for us to think about. The word before two different times, before I was born, before uh, a single day had passed. You know, that's why abortion is so wrong. It's one of the reasons. Uh, because God has a plan. God saw us when he first thought of us. He knew us before, there was, before we were even uh, brought into the world. Uh, he knew us. Um, he recognized us. So, that leads to the second fact that we can highlight is that God's plan for my future is good. God's plan for my future is good. Would you just say that out loud? God's plan for my future is good. Now, that was about, a, you know, 40%. So, um, that wasn't very good. Because I need you to say this. Because this is some of the struggles that you have in dealing with God and your perspective about the future. Uh, some of you think that God is against you. I know because you tell me. There are many people, maybe you're watching today and you're, you're at home there and you're struggling because you, you're not sure that, that God has, has good in mind for you. So let's say it again. Ready? God's plan for my future is good. God doesn't have any bad plans. God has no bad plans for people, including you. God is a good God, and because God is a good God, his plans are good. He doesn't have any bad plans on your uh, behalf. Uh, he wants to reveal to you that he has good plans. You know, one of the, one of the most loved verses in the Bible is Jeremiah uh, 29, 11. We quote it a lot around here. It says, I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Say a future. He's trying to give you hope and a future. That is, uh, he has this in mind. So what, what does that mean to us? That means the fact, uh, the fact is that God, uh, that we can hold on to plans to prosper us, to recognize that he has a future for us. Um, some people have no plans for the future. Did you know that God has thought about your future way more than you have? He has spent more time thinking about the detail. I know you think you worry about it and you struggle with it, but God has thought about your future and he has a plan, a good plan uh, for you. You know, God has thought about you, thought about your plan. And he has a future. Well, maybe you say, well, pastor, could I, if God has this plan for my life, could I miss God's plan for me? And the answer would be, yes, you could, right? We can miss God's plan. A lot of people miss God's plan. Um, we choose to miss God's plan because we choose to do our own plan. You know, it's not automatic. Uh, it's not automatic. You know, it's, it's, it's because God has given us one of the greatest gifts 
and biggest hindrances of our life. You know what that is? Free will. Free choice. It's a blessing from God, but it can also be a, a, a big thing against us. Um, you know, God didn't create us to be puppets, that we would uh, make us to do everything that he simply wanted us to do. Um, you, you know, if you didn't have free will, you couldn't choose to do bad. You couldn't choose to do other things, but he made you in his image, which means he gave you free will every day to be able to make choices. The problem is we make bad choices. We make selfish choices. Uh, God doesn't force you to receive his plan and his purpose. He created you. He didn't want, he wanted you, we just sang it. He wanted you to be his child and choose to love him, right? He wants you to choose to love him. You can't say it's real love if he's making you do it. He wanted you to choose to love him. So God says, hey, you can choose to love me or you can choose not to love me. You can choose my plan for your life or you can choose your own plan for your life. You can choose to obey and trust me or you can choose not to obey and trust me. He wants you to make a choice. You know, that's why we have church services like this. You know, if it was just automatic, we just kind of go through our life. But we have services like this because I'm here to challenge you, to encourage you, other Christians in your life, to encourage you to make choices that God has in mind for you. Because left to myself, I can mess it up. I need encouragement. I need support. Unfortunately, most people in the world do not do God's will. Uh, you know, so a lot of people just choose to do it their own way. So how in the world would anybody miss uh, God's plan and purpose for them? I'll just tell you one, one reason for sure is pride, pride, selfishness, doing my thing. You know, it's, it's pretty arrogant, isn't it, to say, I know better than God does. But people say it all the time. I know what God has to say about sexuality, but I, I got a better way. I know what God says about money, but I'm going to do it my way. I know what God says about future and my goals, but I know that I'm going to do it my way. I know that God wants me to forgive people instead of being resentful and retaliate, but I'm going to do it my way. You know what that's called? Arrogance. Arrogance before God. It's pride. You know, the, there's only one thing that's caused us to miss that purpose, and it's our, our own choices. Our own, and that what brings about the messing up of my life. Let me encourage you. Uh, you can't miss God's purpose in your life if you really want it. I believe that. If you really want it. I meet people that are just kind of in the middle, kind of in doubt about that. But if you really want to do what God wants you to do, God will not um, mess it up. He will help you to get it right. When you say, I'm willing to do what you want me to do, God, I'm willing to live. And, you know, I know it's not politically correct. I know it might be unpopular or countercultural, but I'm still going to do what you guide me to do rather than doing it for myself. He encouraged us. So God plan for my future is good. A couple more facts. Fact number three is I must choose to trust and obey God. I must choose to trust and obey God. God knows about what's going to happen in my future. God has offered a good plan for my life. Um, so now I'm realizing that God, for this to be accomplished, I got to do what God asked me to do. Um, you know, your choices, I know you think that your choices don't really um, make any difference, but they do make a difference. Deuteronomy 30 verse 19 says, today I am giving you the choice. 
between life and death, between blessing and curses. Uh, I call on heaven and earth to witness the choice you make. So choose life. Then you and your children uh, will live. Um, what, what, a, what a word that is to us, such an encouraging uh, word. He says, I'm giving you the opportunity to choose life. There's the opportunity to choose blessing or curses. I'm encouraging you to, to uh, out of your own free will, to make a choice of what God would choose life. Don't you, don't you love it? Right in the middle of the verse there, uh, he says, the choice that you make. So choose life. It's like he's encouraging you. Come on. Come on, don't choose the dead end. Don't choose the negative path. Come and come to me and choose life. I have such a great plan and purpose uh, for you. God cares about your future, and he has a good future in mind. Last fact, God will be with me every step of the way. God will be with me every step of the way. In my future, I don't know what it's going to be like. I'm not in control of it. But this one thing I know, God promises that he will be with me every step of the way. How do you know that? Because the Bible repeats this promise over and over and over again. You're never going to be alone. As you walk with me, I will always be with you. Every situation, every step, every circumstance. Hebrews 13, 5 and 6 says, Keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with what you have because God has said, Never, say never, Never will I leave you and say it again. Never will forsake you. So we can say with confidence, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What can people do to me? God is going to be with us. God promises to be with us. It's a certainty about, uh, about the future. Now, you might not always feel God's presence. You might not always notice it that God is present with you. But just because you don't see it and feel it doesn't mean it's not real. Did you know that while I'm standing up here, there are probably colored TV waves that are going right through my body? And if I had a little TV, I could switch it on right here. And if we had the right connection there, we could, we could pick up those waves or we could pick up those radio waves. It, that's real, isn't it? But I can't see it. Like electrons and protons. You know, everything's made up of atoms, but I, don't, I can't see any atoms. I don't see you. I guess you're made up of them. But, um, you know, we recognize that even though I can't see it, God is always with me. And that's his, that's his encouragement to us in this, in this verse. Never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. You know, I looked up that word, that word never, kind of in like, like the Greek there. You know, and you know what it means? It means never. <laughs> like no way, Jose, never, 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 never. Not in a thousand years. There's no way you are never going to be without me. Other people might abandon you. God says, I won't. Other people might betray you. God says, I won't. Other people might discriminate against you. God says, I won't. Other people may walk out of your life. God says, I won't. Never, never, never will I leave you. Wow. That's a, like we, we sort of applaud about that. Don't you just think that's just so, that's such an amazing thing that God is with us. I was trying to make sure you stay awake here with me because I... So, you notice in this verse that he ties this idea to 
dollars and contentment. Basically, what he's saying is, if I'm here with you all the time, what are you worried about? Don't think, you think I'm not going to care for your needs? Am I, am I not going to make sure, you know, when I, when I was younger, kind of college, young adult, uh, you know, whenever, whenever I had a chance, I would always, you know, I'd, I'd always go out to dinner with my mom and dad. And I love going with dad. You know why? Dad always paid. <laughs> right? He always paid. I never, had, I never worried about it. You know, we had split the check. I just knew that she's going to come by and dad's going to take it and dad's going dad's to pay uh, the check. That's what God is saying. Hey, why are you worried about all this stuff? Why are you worried about all these things in your future? I'm with you. I'm walking by your side. And the verse says, we can say with confidence. We can be confident people when it comes to the future. Why? Because the Lord is our helper. I will not be afraid because what can people do to me? That means one plus one. I mean, one plus God is a, a majority. He is with us. Such a comforting truth uh, that, that he offers uh, to us. Now, uh, Jesus is right here with us. Thank you. Uh, this chair is just representing you. I know you're everywhere, but um, we've been talking about like one-on-one -on -one with you. And so uh, today, I was thinking about things that you would tell us uh, about the future. I know some of you that are here for the first time, you think he's nuts. What is wrong with our pastor then? Uh, you know, I think a, a chair like this can just help us to, re to remember Jesus is not here physically, but through his spirit, he's here. You know, he has the ability to listen in on every time we gather like this. He's here. He's in this place. I thank you uh, for, for being here with us. So, you know, one of the things I realized, I had a couple of notes I highlighted for you on the page. Um, one thing that I, that I notice is that every fear that we have especially fears about the future, is a misunderstanding of who God is and what he's promised to his children. So if we understand who God is, if we understand uh, all that he has done for us, we understand what his intent is for us, if we can embrace that, we can receive that, then it changes how we view the future. So here's, here's his perspective. What, what, what would Jesus say to us? Uh, what, what kind of, maybe even, I've used the word guarantees. What kind of guarantees would Jesus give us about, about our future? Um, first is, I think Jesus says to us, I will guide you when you're confused. I will guide you when you're confused. One thing that you can predict very well in this world and for your future is that you're going to have to make a lot of decisions. You're going to have to make choices. They're going to be difficult. Do I take this job? Do I move? Should I buy this house? Should I marry this girl? Should I, um, should I date this guy? Should I take this, uh, this next step? So we have a lot of decisions to make for our future, Jesus. And it's so encouraging for, for the word to tell us that you will guide us when we are confused. Uh, you know, man, we, we get stuck, don't we? Trying to figure out what's, what's the right direction. You know, when, you, when you're trying to make a decision, we want somebody to talk to. Is there anybody that can help me think through this? I, uh, I guess on one end, you could talk to your friends, but most of the time, they're a lot like you. That's why they're, they're, you're, they're your friends, and they might be as confused as you are, Right? 
Uh, or, you know, maybe, maybe we could have a conversation with the media. <laughs> Good luck with that one. Um, you know, those, their opinions change with the wind. Um, you know, there's, one, there's only one person that can give us the kind of direction that we need. You know, I, uh, I take it very seriously. People call me every week, mo- most of the time just out of the blue, and they, uh, many times they'll want to talk or I'll encourage. Uh, I take that so seriously because you know what? My opinion does not matter. God's does. He is willing to guide us in the So I have to be very careful that we, that we encourage what, what the word of God has to, that, that's, I'm, not, I'm not discouraging you from talking to people. I'm just saying you got to make sure that you're hearing guidance from God. He wants to give us the help that we need. Now, Proverbs 3 says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Never rely on what you think you know. Remember the Lord in everything you do, and he will show you the right way. I love that. That's a good news translation. I really love that. Remembering the Lord in everything you do, and he will show us the right way. Well, why trust God? Why should I trust him? Well, he created you. He loves you. He knows everything about you. He gave up his son to die for you. And if God did all those things for you and cares about you, I think he's a pretty good one to listen to when you're trying to make decisions, letting him guide you. So why would he send you in the wrong direction? Why? God wants the very best. Jesus desires the very best for us. And Jesus is completely reliable and trustworthy. And his perspective about your life and future is desperate, what you desperately need. It's like, um, it's, it's like driving on a, like a, one of those mountain roads. You ever been on one of those where you can see your taillights as, as you go around? You know, um, you know, it's this winding road and you're trying to get to the top. And as it would always be, there's this older couple and they're driving up the mountain and they're going like 20 miles an hour. And they're just going around, and you can see them in the car there. He's saying, honey, look at that tree over there. Isn't that beautiful? And, uh, and they're just guiding along. They're not in any hurry. And, uh, and you, want, you want to get around them. Um, it's a curvy road. You have no idea what's coming. And you think, man, it'd just be great if we could have that blimp or a helicopter or something over there that could give me the, uh, the, the high sign and say, it's clear. It's safe. You can pass this guy because I'm telling you what's coming. That's perspective we need in it, to recognize that he's helping us. And God's perspective is Christ, his spirit, his word uh, that encourages us, it gives us guidance. Uh, that's why, you know, you wonder, why do people say you should read the Bible every day? Why do you have, why should he be in, in the scripture, in the Bible? Because it's the guidance that will help us make decisions. Uh, if you read the Word of God every day, the Word of God will show up in your life. Like if you're reading in the morning, it'll show up sometime during the day. God is in, infecting your mind with his Word because he wants to help you when you're confused and you don't know what else to do. Jesus, another thing uh, that, that you say in your word is that uh, I will help you when you're tempted. So as he's thinking about, as I, we're thinking about our future, he says, I will help you when you're tempted. So God promises to help us, uh, not only when I'm confused, but when I'm tempted. It's an incredible truth that he offers to us. Um, uh, you know, he knows our weaknesses. He knows our struggles. Um, he knows our circumstances. Um, you know, he knows you, what your predisposition is. You know what that means? 
that means you have a tendency to be like this in certain ways. So let's just say you have this, not, I'm not talking about you, it's that other church down there, but you know, there, there might be some people that you know that are controlling. Like they, they, they just have to control everything. They almost can't help themselves. Now, do you know that you can get better at not being a controller? But you're probably not going to get over it, right? That temptation, the devil is going to use in your life to try to mess up your relationship. Just same thing. If you're tempted to be depressed in your life, you know, you can get way better at dealing with that. God will help you. God can, but many times the devil will use those things that have been a barrier to you. He'll use those against you over and over again. Even if you feel like you've been healed of that, he'll bring that same stuff back up again. Anybody in the room with me here? See, he, the, the devil loves to bring about temptation over the things that we have struggled with. Now, there's bad news, good news, and great news about temptation. The bad news is that you're never going to outgrow it, right? Some people think, well, I'll just get at this spiritual point in my life and I'll never be tempted anymore. You know, if you're 90 in this room, you're still being tempted, right? When, uh, we, we know that. I've been walking with the Lord for like 50 years now. Uh, and you know what I discovered? Is that the closer I get to Jesus, the more tempted I get, like, if I wasn't doing anything for Christ, the devil wouldn't be bothering me. But he loves to bring thoughts into my mind and, and try to bring temptation to us. Um, you know, we, we, we sort of beat ourselves up because we act like, well, I should be at this certain stage in my life. And I shouldn't be, you know, I, I shouldn't be having to put up with this anymore. You know, when Satan puts an idea in your mind, we call that temptation. When God puts an idea in your mind, we call that inspiration. Temptation and inspiration, and then you have your own thinking. I mean, you ever been praying, talking to Jesus, and you're serious, and you're trying to bring a need uh, to him, and you're talking to him about your day, and all of a sudden you have this terrible thought that just goes right through your brain. Okay, nobody else. Okay, I'll just tell you about me. Um, you know, you're trying... And, and the, the, the devil loves to do that. You know, I didn't, I didn't come up. I'm mean, seriously trying to be in a time of prayer. And all of a sudden, yeah, I love this quote from Martin Luther. You know, the old uh, Lutheran Martin Luther. He said, you, can, you can't keep the birds from flying over your head, but you can keep them from building a nest in your hair. You have to think about that one a little while. But... Um, <laughs> What that means is I'm not feeling guilty simply because I had this thought come run through my mind. I just toss it out, not let it intimidate me. Um, so the bad news is you're going to continue to face temptation. The good news is it's not a sin to be tempted. It's not a sin to be tempted. It's a sin to give in to the temptation. Um, I got the, the verses a little backward here, but one of them says, uh, Jesus was tempted in every point as we are. Jesus was tempted in every point, but he never sinned. So temptation is, gives us the opportunity to, to live out a choice. How am I being tempted by this? What is, what is my, I have a choice to do the right thing. I have a choice to do the wrong thing and stumble. Uh, temptation is an opportunity for me to grow. Um, but it's not just an opportunity to feel guilty. You know, just because you have Something go through your mind and thinking doesn't mean that you've necessarily accepted that. See, Satan loves to bring about false shame to us. 
and cause us to struggle uh, with our future, um, helping us to, to recognize that he puts those thoughts in us. The verse there's uh, from 1 Corinthians 10, 13. Remember that the temptation that comes into your life are no different than what others experience. See, the devil likes you to think, oh, I'm the only one. I'm the only one feeling that. No, you're not the only one. Temptation is common to everybody in this room, everybody watching, everybody in this county, everybody across the world. Temptation is the same. But it says God is faithful. He will keep the temptations from becoming so strong that you can't stand up against it. When you are tempted, he will show you the way out, praise God, so that you will not give into it powerful uh, what what he's reminding us of he's telling us that he's going to be with us uh, while we are are tempted while we deal with our with our struggles uh, about our future so god promises to be with us the lord uh, is faithful and he will give you strength and will protect you from the evil one um, you know we know that the devil loves to fight against believers. He's doing everything he can to get you not to be. He is not happy that you chose to come to church every Sunday. He does not like that. But the Bible tells us that greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. He is greater. If you're a Christian believer, you have Jesus in your heart and you have the Holy Spirit in your life. You have God's love all around you. Satan has trouble getting to you. Why? Because he's got to fight through the whole trinity. He's got the Father, the Son, the Spirit that loves you, that's with you. He can make suggestions. He can put those things out there, but that's all he can do. It's up to you whether you're going to buy the suggestion or reject it. He says, I will help you. You know, the Bible says you're in Christ. And the Bible says that Christ is in you. The Bible says that you are hidden with Christ in God. You are sealed by the Holy Spirit. He's saying, I'm going to give you protection uh, over against the evil one. Jesus, two promises uh, so far. Uh, another promise that we get from Christ, Jesus says, I will support you in your troubles. I will support you in your troubles. So he's going to guide me when I'm confused. He's going to help me when I'm tempted, support me when I'm in trouble. Now, what's the difference between temptation and trouble? It's a big difference. The difference is that temptation is inside me and troubles are outside me, at least in a general way. Temptation, internal Trouble external. Temptation has to do with my character. Trouble has to do with my circumstances. So in your life, in your future, the rest of your life, because we live in a broken planet, you are going to have temptations and trouble, internal temptations and external trouble. You remember Jesus said, in the world you will have trouble. Not, now, I mean, there's all kinds of trouble. There's relational trouble, financial trouble, physical trouble, mental trouble, all kinds of different troubles. So if you expect this place to be heaven, uh, good luck with that. It's not going to take place there. So he's reminding us that he's going to be with us in our troubles. You know, when you go through the deep waters and great troubles, I will be with you. When you go through the rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. When you go walk through the fire of oppression, you will not be burned up for I am the Lord your God. You know what it does not say? It does not say when you go through the deep waters and great trouble, you will not get wet. It says you won't drown, but you're going to get wet. 
You're going to have troubles. You're going to have uh, difficulties. You know, all uh, the size of our church, there's always troubles and problems and difficulties uh, that are happening in, in people's life uh, around us. So I have strength for all things. Christ who com- empowers me, I'm ready for anything for my future and equal to anything I'm going to face through him who infuses inner strength in me. That's the Amplified Bible. Kind of gives us some perspective about that. I can do anything. I can face my future. Number, Number four, Jesus says, I will repay those who hurt you. Thank you, Jesus. I will repay those who hurt me. He's saying, I don't want to see you spending your whole life thinking about retaliation. Well, it's not fair, God. Well, you know what? The truth is, life is not fair. You know how God could straighten everything out? Is just make everybody do what they're supposed to do. And then they wouldn't hurt you anymore. The only problem is, if he takes their free will, he's got to take yours too. And you don't get to make any choices. You know, I'm sorry. I'm sorry about the things that have hurt you. But don't live a life of bitterness because of hurt. Because God wants to, you to know that he's going to take care of it. Now, I don't know when, I don't know how, but this is the word of God. He says, never avenge yourselves. Don't, um, never avenge yourselves. Leave that to God, for he has said that he will repay those who deserve it. Uh, that's, that's his plan for us. So when you're thinking about your future, don't be wrapped up in the poison of bitterness. Don't waste your precious life uh, struggling with those things that have hurt you in your past. Just remember that God says, I will repay those. Another thing about the future, number five, Jesus. Jesus says, I will reward your service in your life. I will reward your service. That means he wants you to be more like him. He wants you to be unselfish with your time and with your talents, with your resources. He wants you to know that you can, um, do you notice that, that babies, like I just had a grandchild, you know, and uh, two years old now, and getting another one on the way, May the 12th, coming up, and you know, we know the date. I'm uh, excited about that. Do you know that these grandchildren are like the most selfish things in the whole planet? <laughs> Cute as the daylights, you know, but, but, but so self-centered. And you know all that. Every, every one of them is like that. And they have to learn what it means to share and to, to, to not be uh, so, so selfish. Uh, Jesus was that same way. He said, I didn't, I didn't come to, to be served. I came to serve and to give my life. That, that's how we love others. God wired us that way. And he says, I'm going to reward you. The verse says, God is not unfair. He will not forget how hard you have worked for him and how you have shown your love for him by helping his people as you continue uh, to do so. So God is reminding us that he wants us to be people that are able to serve, able to give our... So he's asking you to think about uh, your future. He's going to be with us when we're confused. He's going to be with us when we're tempted. He's going to support us in our troubles. He's going to repay those who hurt you. Jesus says, I'll reward uh, your service. Now there's one more. It's the last one. And really, this is the number one topic when you're thinking about future. I just wrote the whole thing in for you. Jesus says, this is your ultimate future. I will lead you to heaven. Place the place I prepared for you, escort you there and be with you forever. 
forever. He promises to be with us. Look at this verse. Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Don't let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My father's house has many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go there to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will take you to be with me that you also may be where I am. Jesus has um, designed a great future for us. This verse tells us that God has prepared a place for you. That when the time comes, that he will escort you there. You say, Pastor, the word escort's not in there. That's right. Because it says he will, he says, I will come back and take you to be with me. That sounds like escort, doesn't it? He's going to take us by the arm and lead us to heaven. And he's going to be with us forever. There's kind of a strange disconnect about our world today, I think. Because it's so much easier to think about personal satisfaction now that I notice that almost nobody talks about heaven today. Oh, we do at funerals. You know, at funerals, we want to we wanna kind of make sure that we get instant promotion to heaven, you know, uh, there. Sometimes it's valid, sometimes you wonder. Uh, but the way most of our prayers sound today, it sounds to me like that, it would, that we'd be more content if God would just make this place a little bit better and just leave us here. Come on. How much do we talk about heaven? People used to talk about heaven all the time. When I was growing up, all the time, songs about it all the time. Uh, some of the old-time prayers. It, it just got me thinking, do you, do you long for heaven? Is that, is that part of your, your future? Does, does the thought of heaven excite you? I mean, it's, it's the reward that he has for us. You know, but there's a, the big factor in our lives about heaven is that everything can be so comfortable here. We live in an upside-down world, a world that is not very focused on the things related to God, a world that gets all upset about trivial things and pays little attention to the eternal and the heavenly things. Learning to love, learning to long for heaven. You sitting in this room today, are you watching? Don't you think we need to restore our hope for heaven? Now, I'm not saying you don't plan to go to heaven. I'm, I'm just saying maybe it's not a, a key focus on our future. He wants us to know heaven is a place that we learn to love, a desire that we have, a prayer that says, help us, Lord, to desire heaven, to learn. Now, why am I saying that? Because if you could get this right, this would change how you live. It would change the choices that you make uh, in your life. You, you can make a lot of choices in your life if you don't think it's really going to matter anyway. So many people think that heaven is kind of like an automatic. You know, you just check in after death and, and then you go to heaven. It's not true. Right, Jesus? 
I mean, he talked about it all the time. So what I'm, what I'm hoping is as you think about your future, that you realize that heaven is your future and that you live your life anticipating that. Oh, I'll sing you a little bit of this song. I can only imagine what it will be like when I walk by your side. I can only imagine when my eyes will see it's your face there before me. I can only imagine. Now what you want? Not the desire of your heart. Think about it. Surrounded by your glory, what will my heart feel?
I can only imagine when that day will come and I forever forever worship you I can only imagine glad you stood up glad you believe that but our our challenge is to live our lives that as we look at the future we look at it through Jesus eyes so whatever your troubles whatever your circumstances Jesus is there but he's going to take you by the hand and walk you to heaven Please don't take it for granted. Live your life with that in mind. Just imagine. You know, there's nothing in your life that is worth missing heaven. No relationship, no problem, no person, no circumstance, no addiction, no nothing. Nothing in your life is worth missing your future that he has in mind for you. Jesus, thank you for meeting with us one-on-one -on -one today. Thank you for teaching us about your future. I pray, Lord, that, that we can make such a life-changing decision today that we live our lives seeing our future like you see it. And one of these days that I only can only imagine will be reality in your presence. In Jesus' name, amen.